Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 90 of Lesbians Who Write. This week the topic is epilogues. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the almost happy to be American again, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? Oh, can we not talk politics? It's still a mess over here. <laughs> it doesn't look unmessy. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yes. Okay. Let's let's not talk politics because uh, <laughs> you know your government is still refusing and our government is still fucking up. So yes, let's get on to how your week's been. I know it's kind of like the U.S. and U.K. are just like. Hold my beer, hold my beer, hold my beer. Like, we're just, can we have more incompetent people in charge? No. I guess we could. I guess I shouldn't say that, but but still. I'm not sure we could, actually. I need to get off the politics because it's been, we had one day of extreme elation in this country, and then now we're just like, uh uh-oh, (laughs) uh-oh. All right. So this, when did we record last? Was it last week? Indeed. I was, I I was, I was just entering my, my, my sort of holiday mm. where I was going to take like two weeks off. But as we just said, it's um, pretty stressful here with um, politics and the, um, let's not forget COVID. COVID is raging. We're in serious deep shit over here with COVID. So um, I had to go to my happy place again. So I started writing another London novella because that's my happy place these days. Since the setup, uh, the first London novella, it, it didn't relatively much better than I anticipated. I thought, you know, like a top 10 release. It was in the number one spot for a while. Mm. I was very surprised. So I've started writing another like novella about another American who moves over to um, London, but this time I'm taking us back, all the way back to 2011, because that is the year I actually moved to London. And it was a very exciting time because not only was, you know, was I in a new country, but this was when, you know, the Queen's Diamond Jubilee was coming up. And then the next summer, because um, I moved in September of 2011, the next summer was the London Olympics. Do you remember how everyone was this happy? Mm-hmm. I do remember. It was amazing. I mean, you just, like, you didn't walk anywhere. You just skipped singing la-di-da. And, like, everyone was so going back to that time because, fuck it, I need some happiness in my life. <laughs> so my holiday is being spent writing a novella. On other news, I ended up getting the audio files for Life and Bits, my co-write with Harper Bliss. So for the second time in two months, I am audio proofing a co-write. With the pandemic, the dates haven't been working out quite as we planned. And so I didn't have an audio proofer set up for this, so I have to do it. And um, I really hate this job. I have four more hours to get through today because um, ACX is being very slow approving books and this is a Christmas book, so I am on a tight deadline. So you're not doing your holiday very well, I've got, I've got to no. say. You're, pretty, you're working quite a lot. Yeah, I pretty much am failing at holiday, but this was the worst time. What am I going to do? Doom scroll the entire time? Or go to my happy place? What would you do? Happy. Happy wins. <laughs> but in good news, in happy news, um, Miranda McLeod just released her uh, new book, Accidental Honeymoon. And I've been sharing with my readers this news because I had... Well, I didn't have to. I went willingly with Miranda to a couple of vineyards and I ended up suffering through some hellacious um, hangovers because I don't drink a lot but when I do drink I get buzzed really quickly 
but then the next morning really sucks. And so people should buy this book because I had to suffer a lot for this book. <laughs> and I have another question. I know you told me that you bought a bottle of wine to get you through the election uh, time. So did you drink that and have a hellacious hangover? I used my, my dessert wine glasses, which are much smaller. So each night I would just have one of those. So I, I did, wasn't getting as buzzed or anything. But I did work through it because um, I was having a, a little glass of wine and reading a book and trying not to doom scroll. Are you doom scrolling? I've tried to put my phone away from my bed. So when I don't have the phone by the bed, then I avoid it. The time that gets me is when I wake up in the morning. So I try not to do that. I'm not succeeding every day, but more often now. Just leave the phone out of the bedroom. All right. So, and also in another way, I'm trying to avoid doom scrolling. I finished season three of Killing Eve. Did you watch season three? Now, I watched the first two series. uh, And when I went to watch series three, it was just when the coronavirus uh, struck. And it was just all a bit too dark. Um, So actually, we haven't watched it yet. Man, I was hoping you watched it because I really wanted to discuss the ending. Can you just get over the darkness and watch it? Because I mean, it's, the, it's the good kind of darkness because it's just hilarious. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those series that I just forgot about. So I think we watched the first two or three episodes and then we were like, no, this I'm not in the mood for this one right now. So we will go back to it at some point. It was funny, though, because I finished uh, season three last night and um, I watched it on Hulu. And obviously, since I've finished it, because usually when I finish an episode, it like automatically queues up the next episode. But this time, instead of queuing up the next episode, because it was over, it queued up Handmaid's Tale. And I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> I the power button on the remote. I can't handle that. There's a rom-com for our times. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, in other news of how I've really uh, just failed doing my holiday right, um, yesterday I went to go get my flu shot. And I remembered that my tetanus uh, shot needed, I needed another booster for it. I usually try not to get flu shots because, lo and behold, they make me feel like I have the flu for the next 48 hours. But they've been telling us this year is going to be bad, so we should get our flu shot. So I, I was being a good citizen got my flu shot. But that is why it's noon here in Massachusetts and I'm still in my pajamas because I feel like hell. Ah, okay. TB is wearing a fetching set of pink pajamas with little kittens all over them. It's not what I expected when I uh, got on this Zoom call today, but okay. In the past week, I have purchased five different pairs of pajamas. I don't usually buy pajamas, but um, you know how you went through your shoe phase a few months ago? Mm-hmm. I am going through a pajama phase where I just keep buying more pajamas because I don't think I'm ever going to leave my flat. Okay. <laughs> it's, the new, <laughs> it's the new fashion. So maybe in the next five weeks, I'll just wear a new pair of pajamas for you, and you'll be like, oh, what's she going to wear today? That's my life. Um, I fucked up my holiday. I'm trying to go to my happy place, and I gave myself the flu. What are you doing? Well, I am trying to uh, strive through my two weeks to launch on my festive romance, Christmas in Mistletoe, <laughs> and it's uh, it's been a. It's, I think I'm feeling a little bit flat this week because uh, we have gone into lockdown again in the UK. So and everything's feeling a little bit. Haven't we done this before? We could have avoided it. So I think everybody's fed up, uh, and I think. I am, but I'm trying to G myself up for the uh, Christmas book. It is. It went out to the art team yesterday. I had a few little uh, software glitches, so it, w- it did feel a bit of a slog this week, um, but I'm really pleased that it's gone out. Uh, one of the software things that went wrong, 
I put I put some changes into one of the drafts, and then the next time the next draft I got, it wasn't there, and I was like, oh my god, am I going mad? Is this like you know? menopause striking or am I getting early onset dementia but no it just turned out that most of the stuff I'd put in but some of them I put in a different draft so that sent my head into a little bit of a spin not gonna not gonna lie so now I'm like oh my god am I putting the right draft out and then when I went to put it uh, from word into vellum which is the formatting software we use I don't have a mac so I have to use my mac and cloud account which um, pretends that I've got a mac and my mac and cloud account didn't work and it said, I, it said I couldn't use Vellum. So that was when I was just going to put it out to my art team yesterday. So I was just like, fine. So I had to get a friend of mine to Vellum it for me. And my Mac and Cloud account is still not working. They just haven't updated it because apparently there's been a new uh, Mac system. Catalina out since I last uh, Vellumed a book, which was in September. So it wasn't very long ago. So there's been a, a few sort of glitches this week. But I'm hoping that the one I sent out to the art team <laughs> is the right version. I'm sure I'll hear back soon if it if it's not. <laughs> I'm really hoping you publish the right version. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> not to put more negative in your head, but... Because um, I remember when we were passing the Word doc back and forth, because after we got out of the um, Dropbox stage, and you're like, can you keep, can you change the date? And Because I'm not in the habit of doing that. Because on my side, it tells me, like, when I look at the file in the folder, it tells me what date it was when I saved it. So I'm not in the habit of writing the date in the actual file name <laughs> or like I need to know I don't want to pull the wrong one so did you not do that did you not put the right date in Claire I think I went against my own rules TB perhaps and uh, normally I don't put the date in normally I just update the number so uh, I know and I think I do put the date on as well but I think I updated the number for some reason it's my number one thing always if you're gonna make a change always updates so anyway so slight panic this end but um I hopefully i've caught everything but now this week now i've got it out to the art team so that's really good but now um today i've just been finessing the blurb um oh. which, which i wrote uh, a while ago and i came back to it today and thought hmm, might need some work <laughs> and then today <laughs> i've updated my website and i've done a blog with the first chapter preview and you know so there's still a lot to do so i'm just sort of still caught up in the launch world Basically what you're saying is you hate life at the moment, but you're, you're British and you won't actually say that. Hate is a strong word, TB. Yeah. It's a really yeah, strong word. And there's so much I of it know. in the world. I don't want to spread any more around. I'll be pleased when I've got all my ducks in a row. Let's put it that way. It feels like I just need to get them all in a row. And, uh, you know, I've still got uh, how long till, my, till I launch? 12 days. So there's time. But it feels like I want to get it done now, just so everything's in a row. So maybe by the end of this week, I'll have most of it sorted out. Now, when you say you guys are back in lockdown, are you like in full lockdown or is it just during curfew hours? Pretty much. Not exactly the same, but pretty much, you know, all our bars and restaurants are shut. You can only go out for, you know, to get medication and food. Travel is is not advised, so fairly locked. I think this time next week I'll be feeling uh, that I've got everything done and so then I'll be feeling a little bit more uh, chipper about it all. Um, the other thing that happened this week was I did a virtual author event with Max Ellendale, which was really cool. Uh, now, I didn't uh, flag this up last week because she only asked me last week and, it, and the podcast would have come out too late uh, to flag it up. It was really cool, actually, because she invited her Facebook reader group along. And so we had probably um, about sort of 15, 20 people in there. And 
we did a reading and it was a Q&A and it was actually really cool and I, I've decided that for these things because I also did a uh, audio Q&A in Neen author her Facebook group a couple of weeks ago and I've decided that I prefer doing video and audio as opposed to writing maybe that's when people ask me to do written stuff for promotion uh, on their website I think I just prefer doing the video or audio because writing is what you do all day and I think I'm quite comfortable in front of the camera so I'm okay with it some people would hate it but you'd be me? fine you'd be fine in your pajamas <laughs> no no I'm actually doing a mean talk at the end of this month for reservations in the heart and I opted to do the um the writing threads because uh. I didn't want to have to shower okay that's a <laughs> A good insight into TB's <laughs> everyday life there. Yeah, so um, so that was really cool. I really enjoyed uh, the virtual author event I did with Max, so that was that was good. Um, Spurs update. This week is internationals friendlies, so we're not playing this weekend. However, last time out we played badly and we won, so we're winning ugly. We're on title winning form. Yeah, are you in the second place right now? We are. Hmm. I saw. Who did you play last week? We played West Brom. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And we won... And you played shitty. We played terribly, and we won 1-0 with an 89th minute winner, so... Who scored? Harry Kane, of course. I saw he, he had a milestone in his uh, scoring career. He's had a lot. He's, uh, he's scored 200 goals in 300 games, and then he's scored 150 in the Premier League, so yeah. The boy done good. Yeah for a one season yeah. wonder. The other news is Christmas movie watching. Do you know what? I was so busy, I've been so busy getting the uh, Christmas book ready to go and all the other things that involved in it. I still I stopped watching Christmas movies. That's how busy I was. Uh, Maybe but, that's why you're depressed. But now, I, <laughs> <laughs> but now I've restarted uh, and I've watched a couple of really good ones actually. There's a really good one called the, A Christmas Movie Christmas. And it's about two sisters. That's the actual name? Yeah. A Christmas Movie Christmas? A Christmas Movie Christmas. And it's about two sisters. One of them hates Christmas movies. One of them loves Christmas movies. And one of them, and they both wake up in a Christmas movie. It was very funny. Uh, so Hallmark are getting a little bit uh, snappier. But the one other thing that happened this week is the trailer for The Happiest Season came out as well. Have you seen that doing the rounds on social media? Stop rolling your eyes. Look at you. You look. You're looking drained about it. It's Kristen Stewart. It's written and directed by Claire Duval, queer lady. Kristen Stewart stars in it. Queer lady. So and it's got Mr. Man from uh, uh, Shit's Creek in it, playing a gay man. You know, I should probably watch Shit's Creek. I hear it's pretty funny. I should as well. I hear it's funny. But I've started watching the first series and it's terrible. So I, I wasn't. But everyone says the first season is you have to watch it and then it gets really funny from the second season it's not very funny you, have to... you have to get through <laughs> can you just read like synopsis of each episode and yeah. then start on season two that's what i was thinking but <laughs> you really have to go through the pain <laughs> but anyway the happiest season uh i'm very excited for it but the only thing is it is only on hulu so i'm hoping uh that we'll be able to get it somehow in the uk oh i have hulu i can just like we, i can just point the phone at it for you <laughs> And the other sad thing that happened today is that Nicola Adams has dropped out of Strictly Come Dancing. Now, Strictly Come Dancing is like Dancing with the Stars in the US. And Nicola Adams is a, a Olympic champion boxer. She is also gay and she didn't want to wear dresses. So she asked if she could uh, be partnered with a woman. And so she was. She was partnered with Katya. 
and she's been doing really well and I've been really looking forward to watching her dance for the last two weeks and I think they were going to do a waltz this week and then she's had to drop out because Katya has tested positive for Covid and that's the rules. If your partner tests positive or you, you have to drop out because they're all in the, the bubbles. So oh, the first same-sex couple on Strictly Come Dancing, it's historic and they're the ones who've had to drop out so it's a bit shit but there you go, them's the breaks. Do you think? Do you think it's a conspiracy? Yes, I think that COVID is homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> there, I said I it. I wasn't going that route. Yeah. I thought they might have faked this positive test, but you went. No, you COVID went. is homophobic. That is my that is my thought. That's about it. So let's go on to comments. What you got? Comment monitor. Well, we got a lot of comments this week. Uh, first off, we have uh, Jamie Moody, a fellow lesbian author. Uh, she wanted to thank us again for our inspiration and guidance through writing and publishing. This has been such a chaotic year, but when Jamie looks back, um, Jamie has nothing but joy and gratitude because Jamie became an author. So congratulations, Jamie, for persevering through the world's worst year. Yeah. Well, probably not because there's been a lot of shitty years, but um, of our lifetime, <laughs> of our lifetime. Yeah. All right, and then we have another comment by a different Jamie. Jamie is currently in the process of catching up on all the podcast episodes. And Jamie has fallen woefully behind. I think somewhere in July. I think I think that's where a lot of people like just really checked out <laughs> of life. So, um, Jamie, good luck uh, getting caught up. And I totally understand. Uh, it's it's been a weird year. I, I I can't express it enough how fucking weird this has been. But also, we have a comment from Nyland. Um, Nyland freaking loves lesbians who write podcasts. Freaking loves it. So, um, thank you very much for that nice comment. Um, Nancy just found our podcast, and Nancy says, you loonies are a pleasure to listen to. Oh. And she uh, thanks me, TV, thank you for validating my ten- my own tendency toward F-bond. So, yeah, I don't think, uh, I don't think this is the year for me to try to curb the F-bomb. Fucking no. Fucking no. <laughs> can't, can't do it. So there you go, Nancy. Just, we'll, we'll, we'll all just keep dropping the F-bombs because it's a fucking bad year. All right, we have a comment from Jan. I asked for uh, listeners to weigh in on the pink and orange contest. Are you ready for Jan's mm-hmm. answer? Mm-hmm. You're wrong. It's Dunkin' Donuts for the win because that's what I think of when I think of pink and orange. And once that visual was placed in Jan's head, there was just no amount of fashion sense could prevail. So, sorry. But Jan does have, a, she said, perhaps an enthusiastic participation in Vagina Day. Because oh. we kept talking about vaginas last Oh, week. yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well. I'm not sure how that will go. I mean, who doesn't? I think the hats would be really <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be enthusiastic to participate in Vagina Day? All right. So, Jan thanks us for laughs every Monday. So, I'm glad we make you chuckle. And we have a com- uh, comment back from Richard for you. I don't know if you noticed, if you saw this comment. Richard is back weighing in on rugby and... You said that you were too scared, and Richard says that, uh, Richard heard, nothing scares Claire, not even rugby. You would be allowed to be just a spectator. Playing is not compulsory. So Richard really wants you to write a rugby romance. Mm. It's still not going to happen, Richard. Sorry. I mean, it's been put nicely several times. It has. It has. (laughs) I'm still too scared. All right. Any comments on your side? I've got one from Jen who wrote in and thanked us for answering her questions on our Ask Us Anything episode. She says it's been helpful in her process and she liked her moment of fame on the podcast. So have another one, Jen. Go on, we're just giving them out. 
questions Jane asked again? She asked um, who we write to and what are our favourite parts of the process? Pajamas. Pajamas <laughs> with pink kittens on them. Right, white kittens. White kittens <laughs> on pink pajamas. <laughs> get it right, Claire. All right. So let's get on to the topic of the week, which is epilogues. So this is posed to us by Zoe in our Ask Us Anything. Uh, so we decided to break it out into a whole episode. And Zoe asked, do you need an epilogue? Are there advantages or disadvantages to writing them? She says, sometimes I wonder whether readers would like to be left alone to imagine their own endings. Personally, as a reader, she loves them, but as a writer, she doesn't. Is it because it's, it's her idea and quite frankly, she could write a number of dips into the characters' futures? Or is it because she doesn't want it to end? Is it a writer thing, she asks. Lots of questions, TB, wrapped up in one big question from Zoe. It's it's the year for questions, isn't it? So what do you think? Uh, epilogue, do you need them? Do you like them? Do you want them? Do you well, love should, them? Should we go back and actually define what an epilogue is? Go on then. We need to make sure that people understand the distinction between an epilogue and an afterward. An epilogue is actually a continuation of the story, usually uh, set in a little bit in the future or a lot in the future, especially if it's like a sci-fi. But um, an afterward is where you kind of just thank people. So we need to make sure that we have that straight. And an epilogue um, actually means concluding word. Did you know that? I did, because I, uh, I did some research. I wonder if we have the same article. We probably do. <laughs> the question is, do you need them or not? <sighs> See, I, I was trying to think this morning before we got on the air, and I didn't get very far, of how many epilogues I've actually penned in my own books. And I think I came up with four or five at least. I know we did one in One Golden Summer, or our Golden Summer. Ogs. I'm just going to start calling it Ogs. It's still One Golden Summer, by the way. So I know I've done it with that in um, a, a few recent books I've done it. Are they necessary? Here's the problem is, I think it depends on the reader. <laughs> Because some readers really do like, I've had readers write me and ask me, you know, when you like fast forward to the epilogue and you skip over like key parts of their lives, I have a suggestion, why don't you show it every single step? And some readers do want to continue with the characters and they want to see absolutely everything and that's just impossible. So I think it depends on the readers and I think it depends on the actual story. I think for a romance, especially for a happily ever after, I do think a lot of readers want to know five years down the right down the way that they are still in that giddy stage and skipping everywhere and loving life. What do you think? So a bit like you, I I did um and ah about epilogues, um, and a bit like Zoe as well. You know, as a writer, part of me wants to allow the reader to finish the story themselves and imagine what might go on, but I also know that readers overwhelmingly love them, and as a reader, I I quite like them. Um, so I write them, I probably write them more often than not these days. Um, I've just written the epilogue for my Christmas book. <laughs> uh, and if I look at my, certainly for my standalones. So I do write them, I think, for my standalones. If you look at my standalones, more often than not, there's an epilogue. So for the, for the Christmas one, mm. I don't know if you can answer this or not. I don't know if you want to give it away. But does the epilogue take place on another Christmas? Yes. Two years down the line. I was curious. It's a romance. It's got a happy ending. I'm not giving that away. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to know if you really stuck the Christmas landing. <laughs> I stuck or the Christmas. Did you wobble the <laughs> <laughs> I didn't fall over, TV. I stuck the Christmas landing. Okay. So the you, book... you, you, you dove off the pommel horse and yep. 
Yeah, the but the final chapter is Christmas Day, and then uh, and then the epilogue is not Christmas Day, but it's Christmas two years later. Okay. All right. All right. Are you are you okay with the Christmas book now? <laughs> Christmas in mistletoe might be okay because the landing is stuck. I think readers love to see they love to see a happily ever after, obviously, in a romance, uh, and mm-hmm. we are romance writers. And an epilogue cements what's already happened in the book and wraps up the story in a neat bow. And I think, from a personal um, perspective, it should give the reader happy feels. That's what I aim for when I'm writing them. Here's one thing that readers have asked me for before and actually even one of my editors has asked me for (laughs) proposals now i think sometimes uh you know i don't want to make every epilogue the same you know what i mean it's like it's got different characters obviously in different stories but so many readers have written to me when i've written epilogues without proposals and asked and told me that they wish there'd been a proposal in the epilogue i'm not going to put a proposal in every epilogue but oh my god readers readers in my experience, love to have a proposal in an epilogue. So I think I have done it once, maybe twice, but generally they're just a, a dip into the future for your main characters. And from the emails I've had from readers, they are loved. What, what are the things you should not do in an epilogue? An epilogue should tie up some loose ends in your story and it should always be about your main characters. So the, both of them, your couple, right? And it should never leave your reader confused. <laughs> that is a bad epilogue, all right? <laughs> Isn't that like the goal with like almost every chapter? <laughs> Where you're not like, unless it's like a mystery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but for a romance, you shouldn't be like, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, you know, an epilogue should be a natural follow-on from the end. It shouldn't compensate, the, the key thing is it shouldn't be there to compensate for a weak ending. So... Don't think that, oh, well, I can just have this last last chapter, and if it's not quite there, well, I can fix it in the epilogue. No, your book should actually end in the final chapter. But, like, consider the epilogue like the icing on the cake. It's the cherry on top of the icing on the cake. I mean, your cake, I mean, my Christmas book, for instance, it's a bloody showstopper, right? If it was a cake, it would win the Great British Bake Off, right? What cake would it be? What type of cake? Ooh, Christmas cake, obviously. <laughs> week come on come on you watch the great break all the time it would be a three-tiered sponge extravaganza it would probably be do you know what a bit like my uh ice cream flavors maybe it would be pineapple and mango pineapple and mango flavored with coconut oh my god yes three tiers and maybe a jelly infusion on the top because that's what they did in bake off this week they did like jelly art it was very strange i'm not really i'm not really a lover of jelly though so uh, i wouldn't go there but anyway back it's to like ep- the worst back, cake ever back to epilogues <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't really like cake very much though do you oh i love cake I oh you do like, i just why wasn't a big fan of your ice cream flavors either, <laughs> so it should not be a big surprise <laughs> I really want cake now. Anyway, back to epilogues. So don't leave you really confused. It's not a compensation for a week ending. It shouldn't be long. This is a really key thing, actually, because with epilogues, for me, I always think chapter length, I aim for 2,000 words. For an epilogue, I'll probably, if it hits 1,000, that's fine. Um, It can go to 2,000, but I think err on the shorter side. Make it snappy to the point, and you just need to give your your reader a flavour of what's happening in the future and also don't forget 
don't forget that you can put callbacks in there, so boomerangs. So if you if you have something at the beginning, then you can call back to it in the epilogue, and then the person reading will hopefully get the warm fuzzy feeling. Because actually, when I read, when I I did that in my Christmas book as well. You know, when I read back, when I read the epilogue, I was like, oh, I was filled with warm fuzzy feelings, and I'm like, well, that's a good sign, isn't it? Hopefully. <laughs> I never get that feeling when I'm reading my own words. <laughs> You see, actually, this this podcast is therapy, you know, because from feeling like, have I sent the right version? I'm now thinking, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Brilliant landing. <laughs> anyway, TV. Uh, so tell me, how would you agree on the how to write an epilogue? Yeah, I I would definitely agree, and I would I want to reiterate that it should not be the replacement for the ending. If you don't have an ending to your book, the book is not done. No. The epilogue is not the ending. I know they both start with E, but they're not the same thing. No. The epilogue literally is just that little extra spice for them. And I I would also keep it short because there are going to be readers, like I said, who constantly want more. But you can't just keep writing the same characters and show every part of their lives. That's called a diary. <laughs> it's not a book. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think those are all key steps. Yeah, and I think the other um, reason, we, we, we have been talking so far about epilogues for standalone books, uh, and all those uh, things that we've said are valid, but the other reason you could write an epilogue was to set up the next book in a series or, uh, or the sequel. So tell your reader enough to get them excited about the follow-up. Um, now, I don't do the, in the London series, I don't have epilogues as a rule, or do I? I actually can't remember. <laughs> I'm just going to... I was trying to think this morning. I'm like, what books have epilogues? And I, I could not remember which ones did and didn't. And I was too uh, lazy. I was in my pajamas. So so I'm just looking at Made in London and I'm lying. There's an epilogue. So great. Uh, series books can have an epilogue as well. <laughs> now with your epilogue in the series books, especially since the London, like the Woman Lost series, it would be difficult because it would still be the same story arc. Hmm. But with your London books, they're all... I mean, they're set in the same universe, but they're all standalones with characters make appearances, but they're not the uh, main characters in each story. Nope. So they're all standalone books, uh, but they're yeah all set in the same universe and the same characters weaving in and out of each book. So uh, I'm just trying to read the epilogue for Made in London. So do your um, epilogue set up. So you're not sure if you set up the next book? I don't think necessarily, no, because I'm just, I just had a look at that. I don't think I, it's, it's something you can do, obviously, with the epilogue. But I think, um, again, with this one, with the Made in London one, I just went um, a month, sorry, a year forward in the main characters' lives. And the book started with them doing a family photo shoot, with one of the characters doing a family photo shoot. And she didn't have a partner, and all her family has always had partners there. And then the book ended with a, a year later with them going to the family photo shoot together so it was kind of you know that's a callback i like to do a callback in an epilogue we had a callback in the epilogue in one golden summer as well so you can do it in series books as well um and you can set up the next book or i think basically what i try to do in all the london books is set up the character for the next book throughout it's not it's not just done in the final chapter or the epilogue so whenever the readers spy a new lesbian, they're like, oh, that's the new one. Yeah. And actually, oh, I spy the lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> actually, in the London book, in Made in London, it was going to be one character. and uh, But th this other character was such a strong character, and I so enjoyed writing her that it's actually now going to be, book seven is now about India. 
go back to the comments because I realized when you mentioned the London series that one of the commenters had had something for you and I didn't pass it along, so I'm sorry. So Nancy said, oh. more London series, please, especially so her soulmate, Cleo, oh. to help with Becca. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Nancy is taking a claim, for, a claim for Cleo. There's the title of a book. Um, <laughs> you could write that fan fiction. <laughs> um Yes, uh, don't worry, Nancy. Uh, London Book 7, Hot London Nights, is coming out at the end of January. I've nailed the date down now. And next year you'll probably get Book 8 as well, because I know what it is, and I know what Book 9 is as well. So it's going up to Book 9. But, yeah, so I'm going to get the Christmas book out and then straight on to uh, London Book 7. No rest for the wicked, TB. How many books were originally supposed to be in the London series? One. (laughs) (laughs) Every time we mention the London series, you keep saying... You know, like, we're nearing the end, and now it's up to... You're going to have nine? I'm going to have nine, yeah. Is that is that the set number now? Or you're not sure? No, I'm positive. There's going to be nine books. And then I think I'll probably end it. But never say never. Is it going to be like the end of the world thing with COVID, and we're all going to buy pajamas and never see each other? Yeah, yeah. It's just okay. going to be a whole book of Zoom calls, because that's what the world <laughs> wants. So anyway, uh, how can we uh, sum up uh, epilogues... Do you personally like them, though? Do you like reading them? It depends. Um, Sometimes I find them a little too cheesy. But if it's done well, especially if it's a story like the characters you just, like, totally fell in love with. Yeah, I mean, they're cute. They're usually quick. They should be quick. And they're cute. And you just get a peek of, like, did they have a baby or uh, did they get married or something like that. So, yeah, they're, they're nice, but I don't necessarily always need them, no. I'm, I'm much more of a story person. Like, I like the ending to be... I like it... What am I trying to say? End. <laughs> <laughs> you like it to just stop. I, I think that I quite like it. I quite like it. If I had to come down on one side or the other, I like to read them, um, and I generally do write them. Uh, I think I didn't so much in the beginning, but I think now um, I will always think about an epilogue. I know that readers love them, so I want to give readers what they want. And I like them as a reader, so, you know, I'm... There you go. Epilogues, thumbs up from me. It's a thumbs at half-mast from TB. But I think, especially in romance, I think that they're strong. But you shouldn't... Your story shouldn't need one, but romance readers like to read them. Yeah, that's the thing we need to reiterate. Your story does not need the epilogue. If your story needs the epilogue, it's not over. Your story should finish. The epilogue is the icing on the cake. We won't go back to cake. CB will have a meltdown. Right, so do let us know what you think. Do you like epilogues? Do you like reading them? Do you like writing them? Is there a book where there's an epilogue that has got you and just made you go, oh my God, that is the best epilogue ever? Also, I want to know about a listener's reaction to your your cake. Yes. Pineapple, mango, and coconut cake for the win. Although, you know that, I did uh, do a mango and coconut cake when my uh, brother and his wife came over a couple of months ago, and it was a disaster, so. I'm just going to say that I think any version of that cake would be a disaster for me. (laughs) But I really want cake still. Join us next week when we'll be talking about the importance of rest and recuperation, which TB knows all about having just sabotaged her holiday. So she's going to be taking notes along with everyone else. So in the meantime, stay safe. Have a great week. Keep writing. Bye, everybody.
Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Listen in every week for more conversations on writing and lesbian fiction. And you can make sure you never miss an episode by signing up to our newsletter at lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more people to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time. Bye.